This is Thomas Lindbergh from The Lurking Fear and At The Gates. You're listening to Into The Combine podcast. Go! Welcome back to another episode of Into the Combine. I am your host, Venom. Sidewinder. Diamondback. And we got a fun-filled episode for you guys today, but let's break it down. <laughs> so fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> as fuck yeah dude that was uh the new reality by uh code orange off the album forever that uh came out earlier on this year that i'm sure everybody uh got a chance to listen to already hopefully oh yeah, yeah. it's fucking awesome dude Shiving. i didn't listen to it when uh jason brought it up before but i definitely listened to it a couple times since then oh of course once shoddy brought brings it up <laughs> no, I mean, I had started listening yeah. to it months ago. I just didn't listen to it right in the start. That was like the first album that came out this year. It was one, one of them. The first. It was, yeah. yeah, it was a very early one, and I didn't honestly listen to it. I mean, I listened to it probably once through and then thought it was good, but I was more in a, a technical, melodic mode. So it just kind of like got filed away. But yeah, it is fucking... Uh, I mean, uh, if anybody <laughs> hasn't listened to it yet, because I feel yeah, like it's, it's such a good... Um, it's not just for hardcore fans because they mix all that other shit in there, grungy stuff, and yeah, I mean, they get there's, really there's heavy like a at lot times. Of real groovy and kind of light at, at certain points, but so like yeah, mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying. It's not. It's the first couple songs. That's not what the whole album is. So no, but, they are I mean, like I don't know. They're like at the forefront, like man. Just trying, just trying new stuff. Yeah. In, industrial parts, and they just do what they want. It's, it's really cool. It's one. Of, it's definitely one of the best. Probably be on my top ten for sure. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know until I watched the music. Sorry, Stan. Uh, the, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, the the drummer sings. I don't mm-hmm. know if he does that a majority of the time or not, but fucking, I really, really love the vocals that he's putting out with the beats that he's laying down. He's doing some technical shit on the drums while either you know belting out some chorus to you know back up. You know some of that like grungy type uh, mm-hmm. scream singing shit uh, mixed with you know some of his more you know death growls. It just really, really, I mean, I seen the, I think it was the video for Forever, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I was just taken back by the amount of talent that's there. Oh, yeah, no, it dude. does. But anyway, Stan, yeah. break it down. Okay, today, we got a pretty simple episode. We got, uh, we're just going to dive into a couple bands each, at, and yes, people, I do have some bands to talk about today, <laughs> so it's good. And then uh, we have a spotlight on uh, Tampa, Thomas Lindbergh. That's right, famous Thomas Lindbergh. What, I mean, we should name a couple at the gates. This fear, this new lurking fear project, Night- it's just everything, man. Grotesque, Night Rage, yeah, we'll get into <laughs> all of them. 
Just yeah. you, you should know them. If you don't, you're fucking up. At least, hopefully, at the gates or something. But be more respectful. You know, they're not <laughs> fucking up. They've just made a minor misstep in their choice. Exactly. You know, while they've been traveling down the road of life, and so. that's why we're here. Exactly. You still got time. If you haven't listened yet, you still got a lot of time. And you got. If you haven't listened yet, you got a lot to jump into. And I, I couldn't even believe it, man. Sitting down to talk to him for a fucking interview was mind blowing. It was awesome because I had this idea for this episode like a couple months ago dive into his discography and stuff and i was like man that'd be so cool if we could get him on to kind of join in and talk about it a little bit and that just so happened it's line up right with this new album he's putting out so he was kind of available for you know interviews and shit so that was like a bucket list for sure and it was really cool interview we talked a lot about at the gates and stuff talked about the new album and we you know we talked about his discography and him as a vocalist just like all just all that stuff so i I think it's a pretty damn interesting interview and hopefully you guys like it so that'll be at the end He's just been an idol for many years. Exactly. So, yeah. But uh, who wants to start it off? What do you guys been? What do you guys been listening to? Should we clear um, up the nicknames real quick? <laughs> I thought we were gonna build suspense. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And let all it right. brew for a little bit, okay. like a misty night. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess I'm gonna start with um, with Trapped Under Ice, uh, the new album uh, that they had released not too long ago called Heat Wave. You want to listen to it first, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't listened listen, to this listen, yet. Uh, you f- all have fucked up if you haven't listened to it yet. The last Trapped Under Ice album was seriously one of the best hardcore albums, you know, that I had heard in a while. So, I, it just slipped under my radar, man. I haven't been following as much of the hardcore lately, so I'm really glad you brought it up. Yeah, so just let's just listen to... Uh, what the fuck did I put uh, under on the songs there? I forgot which one I put. Let's just listen to it, and then I'll remember. So that was uh, No Relief, um, like I said, off of Trapped uh, Under Ice's new album, Heat Wave. That was the whole song, and it was about, what, a minute 15, a minute 20 almost? Just stomping through. Yeah, it, it really does. It, it hits hard, it hits fast. Uh, that's my only gripe about the album is, I mean, it's just shy of 10 minutes from start to finish. Oh, wow. it, got to, it got 11 tracks on it. So, I mean, Backstabbed, uh, the, the intro there is, is just under a minute. Um, yeah, it's fucking good. That's why I threw two songs up there because they're so damn short that, I mean, you can get... I think that the next one that I 
threw on there was uh, other side it's a little bit you know it's still hardcore but it goes into the you know the melodic side a little bit mm-hmm. uh just you know changing it up that's i feel like they're just experimenting with shit here um so to keep it fresh it's still hardcore at its roots but they do some fucking weird shit that i guess you wouldn't expect but they throw it at you so quickly that you don't even get a chance to digest it you're like what the fuck just happened okay. and then it's over so it's a great album i've listened to it a hundred times already because it's fucking 15 minutes long so <laughs> i'll literally go through and i'll be like damn it it's over and i'll just start it over again so it's just a real fun listen um stan are you a fan yeah. of theirs uh well okay i'm not gonna take any way th- anything away from these new songs because that was pretty fucking awesome but no i never liked that band whatsoever oh wow they were like i don't know there's something about them i just they just kind of like hit a nerve i don't know i think no, i know I've never what listened it is to anything before this so stan this doesn't is my... like that swagger that cocky See, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> stands more of like the tough guy hardcore where this yeah. is tough, but it's got a little more of that like I got, the only way I can say is that like kind of swagger. You know what I'm saying, Shoddy? Like it just has that like uh Yeah, no, I, I get it. And that's yeah. what it is. It's like Which I love it's, it's hardcore but with with flair though. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, yeah, it's it's good shit, dude. Well I I'm dude, I'm gonna I got that on my playlist already, so fuck yeah. I was digging it though, for sure. And I, I must say, uh we're doing something to shoddy. I mean, I know. You know, he doesn't like. He didn't really wasn't the biggest fan of hardcore, and he's been bringing a couple to the, you know last couple of weeks hardcore bands and it's, it's weird. It's, it's like, there's there's something about it that when you just get into that fucking living in Atlanta and the traffic sucks ass, and it helps make the drive that much better. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just the energy that's there. Sometimes it's just a good fucking i don't know something about hardcore lately has been getting me going so i like it i mean it's good stan i'm dying to hear what you got yeah same here what do you what do you have i actually got three bands to talk venom venom what do you have three bands um the first one so we have this place called gibraltar it's like an indoor flea market (laughs) okay i stopped in because i haven't been there in years since i was like a kid and you know they got cheap shit and stuff but it's indoor flea market so i went by this one guy sells cds he had a metal section so I went through it. The first, I actually went two weeks in a row, but the first week I bought like a bolt thrower CD. I um, think decapitated. Nice. Um, you know, I found some good shit. The you, second you holding went, out? Aren't you calling me up, <laughs> dude? I mean, you don't no, want I the competition. Every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, every time, or you know, I, I I got everything I could have got. So then I went back two weeks later. There was nothing there, mm. but there's some cool looking covers. So I picked up some stuff that had like cool looking covers. You know, I'll try it out. One of them was this like black metal band um, from Finland. They're called Ajitara. Hmm. I don't know if you guys ever heard them. I don't think so. They're like more like no, I have not. I don't know if it's called like gothic, not like like gothic in the stupid. I don't like that gothic metal stuff, but like dark. I guess it's just very dark okay. black metal. But it was it was just really fun fun black metal CD. So I'm gonna play a song for it. Okay, I'm very interested in this.
Nice. You Damn, like yeah, real nice. I like the. I like how riffy it is. Yeah. It's yeah, very riff. It's just a fun, really fun CD. Uh, how like how old is that? Black. Um, I think it was 2012. Okay, okay. Once it gets a name, the name's Ajatara. They're Finnish black men. I don't think they speak English. How do you um, start spelling that? A J A T A R R A. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, the no, guys from. I was just researched a little bit earlier. I just kind of listened to the CD and just loved it. And I just really didn't do any research. But he's from, uh, oh, it was a former guy, guy from uh, Amorphous, which okay. is kind of different, you know. But it's got kind of, you I mean, know. that Finland vibe is strong. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. just, like, I, it was one of those ones I just, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just put it in and I heard, and it's like really overproduced I was just going to say that. And it was just awesome. I was like, this is awesome. I never heard it like this. Like, so I like Yeah, it. it's fun. It's good. The CD is called. I don't think I mentioned it. It's called a par, but we'll we'll definitely post that information. Yeah, that'll be on the uh, description. I've been in a heavy black metal mode the past couple of weeks, actually too, but more along the like U.S. black metal, like that atmospheric shit. Like, uh, you ever listen to Wolves in the Throne Room? No, never even heard of them. It's not. Yeah, I mean, here. it's it's. You remember like uh, or like you know like uh, Abigail Williams, the Accuser. Yep. yep. You know, like along that lines of that, just like U.S. black metal, not so much that like Norwegian sound, like the more, uh, fuck, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to describe it. But anyways, I just been listening to a lot of them and Panopticon and shit. And just, no, no, I know what you're talking about. It has like, it's a little bit, it's real atmospheric. Yeah, exactly. But it's like kind of over the top. I wouldn't say over the top um, necessarily. It's just, I, I'm not the, I'm not an expert or anything. It's just, I know what it sounds like. It's just that U.S. black metal style. And, uh, I've been going heavy on it. I didn't bring anything, but I just, yeah, just made me think of that, but. Anyways, I guess I'll just go into mine. Uh, this is one we've talked about before. We did an interview with them and everything, and they've already got a new album coming out. And uh, this one is from the band Spirit Adrift. And I thought I'd bring this in because fucking hell, I didn't. It, it's such a good track. There's only one track available right now. They've got a new album call, coming out called Curse of Conception. Um, and we did an interview, I don't know, maybe 10 episodes ago, maybe more. And it was on the one that we kind of went into some doom and sludge and all that. And uh, they're definitely a Doom band, but they're one that I'm, you know, I'm not a heavy Doom fan, but I like, I dabble. And uh, what I liked about their album, it was very, it had aspects of like Baroness and like, uh, it just mixed a lot of shit. It wasn't just traditional Doom, progressive in a way. And, uh, and I just really, really fell in love with that album. And so this one, I was really pumped for it. And this one went in a totally different route, at least this first song. And I kind of think... I don't know, I'm thinking Stan, I don't know, I'm curious what he's going to think after he brought up Chemist on the other episode, because this one kind of has more of a Chemist vibe. It's real riffy. You know, they're taking, he's taking a little bit from, you know, Metallica. I don't think I have the solo in the clip, but the solo is very Metallica-esque. It's just fucking riffs to die for. It's just really fucking good. So go ahead and uh, play that, Stan. I'm just kind of curious to see what you guys think of this.
Um, okay. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't I, have that like the awesomeness of chemists. Okay, I hear. I, I I didn't know what to think because I know you're not. You're definitely not a doom guy. No. So I didn't. I wasn't thinking you would like it, but I was thinking maybe because the riffs are just really there. Good, but yeah, good riffs. I just it didn't have that. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, chemi- I mean, chemist is his own thing. That's for sure. Yeah, I would be curious if you listen to the whole song because it really just fucking builds and it just goes into this really good solo. I mean, the guy is just great at guitar. And uh, I mean, the first the album before it was all him, all solo, everything he did, vocals, drums, guitars, everything. And then this one, I know he's got a full band now he's working with, and it's coming out in October. If you like Doom, if you like anything like that, then I would definitely would would check it out if you're if you're a fan of that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, Shoddy probably not. Uh, I didn't really like the beginning of it, but uh, I did like the build up, and I did like when it started to get more. You know, when it came in, when it wasn't mm-hmm. uh, the slow build up part. So yeah. when the beat actually came in, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I don't know that I would. This is not up my alley. I, I don't know, man. For I, sure. I've tried and tried. It's just too. I guess. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little too slow for me. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's so, that's the nature of the subgenre. So yeah. I feel yeah. Like. That's just that's yeah. That's been my one. Coming from a guy who always loves the speed, it's hard for me right. to, to slow it down. <laughs> I hear you. I don't blame you. What else you got? Uh, I I got some um some pop shit. It's uh been on uh XM uh pretty recently. Uh, I'm sure Stan, you've heard uh the song that's been played. Um, it's uh, a single off of uh, Shattered Suns' uh, new album, uh, The Evolution of Anger. Okay. Um, they've been playing "Burn It Down" on the the XM radios. Um, it's a good song. Um, I just chose to uh go a, a different route. So I'm gonna play uh "Blame" for you guys. I believe it's the uh, second track off of the album. Yeah, dude, that's so. I, every time I listen to that, I know because you had brought this up a while back, and I, and I went and had listened to it this past week. And I swear, if I didn't know what this was, I if you were like, okay, what do you think this is? I'd be like, that's in flames, like modern era, but with a new vocalist, and they decided to stop writing some of the shitty stuff. It's not <laughs> such. <laughs> do you stand? Do you know what I'm talking about or no? I I get what you're saying. I was digging it. It's yeah, just no, real, I it's like real it. riffy. I like yeah, the like, clean singing. It's just okay, like see, manly that's what, and That's like what I was impressive. a little worried about. I didn't know how, what, what you were going to think about that because I didn't know if it was going to come off as like too mainstream-ish with, uh, you, with the way that they were blending, you know, the screams there with the clean singing. I, I liked it, but I mean, you'll expect all that riffing throughout the entire album. I mean, they fucking shred. The solos are awesome. And then, yeah, you got those vocals. Well, that's my, that's my point because if you listen to, like, you know, like the newer In Flames stuff, like, I mean, Come Clarity, that was probably the last album. Not even, you know, I, I kind of like, back in the day, I liked that. I don't know if I still would. But when you listen to their stuff after that, 
I mean, some of the riffs and some of the song stuff is good, but fucking the vocals, he just oh, dude, he gets I into know. The like, second the corn they come shit in, too I, much. I turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. When they try and do their poppy stuff, it just doesn't work. But like this band, they kind of have that riffy and the production. Like they have like the same tones, and they do some of that Swedish sounding riffing. But like, but their cleans and their courses work like way better. I mean, it's poppy, no doubt, but it's just fun. It's 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 definitely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I I get annoyed by like the it was, it was more I thought down the metalcore realm than uh, yeah the, the I mel- agree the men- mellow death I like, agree, but that's what I'm it's, saying it's, that like me- that like metalcore that takes from like in flames yeah you know yeah I mean? no no I get it I get what, exactly riffs. what you're saying it just yeah I mean a lot of the new stuff is just the, the singing's way too whiny so I was like nice to hear some like manly singing mm-hmm. yeah it's not whiny okay next is. Uh... We're gonna do a a Polish blackened death band. Yeah, dude, I was really digging that. Same here. Who was that? It's called Azerath. I've heard of them. It came out this year. I don't know exactly what day. Oh, April this year. Is that Season of Mist? Yes, it is, I believe. Yeah. And uh, that was a song, At the Gates of uh, Understanding. (laughs) Yeah, just, uh, I mean... You can definitely, I mean, Polish black and death. I mean, I'm thinking Behemoth all the way. They, you mm-hmm. know, they share a lot of similarities, but it was just a really good album. Fun. I like the guitarist on that for sure. Yeah. Really good riffs. Vocals are cool too. Yeah. Just something different. I don't really I've go heard... down the black and death road. So. Yeah. It's yeah. A good I, mix, honestly, though. yeah. I mean, same here. Not, I've never like went full in on it. Um, but I've seen that name around quite a bit, so I think they're getting a little bit of buzz behind them. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check that out more. And that was the CD uh, in Extremis. Very nice. All right. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about this one. Shoddy, I'm thinking this one's going to be up your guy, your alley. Have you guys ever listened to Arcspire? No. No. They had an EP that came out eh, a few years ago called The Lucid Collective and uh, definitely had quite a bit of buzz behind it. They are like hyperspeed tech death. And I think their standout kind of thing about them is the vocalist kind of does this like extreme rapid fire delivery. I mean like extreme. 
Like he's basically rapping in a death metal, you know, voice, but it's not, you know, it's not lame. And um, honestly, I, I remember like thinking like, wow, that's crazy. But I didn't, they didn't really have the songs to back it up. You know what I mean? It was all kind of just like tech for tech's sake, in my opinion, I guess. But uh, they got this new album coming out called uh, Relentless, Relentless Mutation is the album. And um, it's coming out on Season of Mist, which is really weird just because, you know, they're known for more of the black metal extreme type stuff. And this is really, you know, they're, they're more of a tech death band. But uh, but, but but I guess what uh, what's drawing me in this time, they have three singles out so far. And it seems like they're progressing past the novelty of just speed and kind of moving more into like better songwriting. And, um, but still keeping all that crazy ass speed and all that. So uh, you, I think you guys are going to be kind of fucking surprised at how insane this is. So go ahead and play the clip for Remote Tumor Selection. ridiculous <laughs> that is fucking ridiculous <laughs> oh hell yeah it is what do you think though shoddy uh i like it uh i don't know how m- i definitely want to give it a listen you know the whole thing through i don't know how much i would listen to it it might get too much after a while but mm-hmm. yeah that's i mean there's some fucking talent there especially in that vocalist that's yeah you're not lying when you say rapid delivery <laughs> Like, I don't know fucked, what he man. is thinking. That's like you know on I mean? a different level. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, like I thought Rings of Saturn had some rapid delivery, right? Like, fuck, but that's the fucking. I mean, he's he's pretty much moving with the double bass pedal for the most part. Yeah, ninety percent of the time. Yeah, it's that's that's and impressive. It's like dude. it's not just like fucking mumbled. I mean, he's getting it out there too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's insane. I'm not usually drawn to that. And like I said, I kind of was like whatever on their EP, but I don't know. I I. I kind of didn't want to like it because I was like thinking like it's just a novelty. You know what I'm saying? Just like we're going to go as fast as we can or whatever. But then I kept playing it, playing it, playing it. So I don't know, man. I mean, like I said, I've only heard uh, the two or three that they've put out so far. But I'm, I mean, they've got me uh, definitely hooked on checking out the whole album once it comes out. The only thing I didn't like was, did you guys notice that like trigger effect with on the, the drums? D- yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... It was a little too mechanical. I mean, you know, the whole thing is mechanical and all that. Mm-hmm. But like... It was a little bit too much trigger. And once I heard that, I was like, God damn it. Why do they just fix that one thing in production? And it would be like, I'd be way more into it. So I'm hoping that doesn't get too annoying throughout it. But still, 
I don't know, pretty fucking cool band overall, but that's it. Check them out, Arc Spire. It's coming out uh, a season to miss pretty soon. I forget when. Shoddy, you got any more? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. Um, did I? Okay, I apologize. I'm mine's been all over the place. But did we talk about the new Decapitated? Nope. I thought about all, bringing it. Oh my god! Have you guys listened <laughs> to the new Decapitated? Yes, this oh. week quite a bit. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just gonna play it. Shoddy, you? <laughs> no, play it. What song are you going with? Uh, I'm going with Kill the Cult. Okay, let's hear it. Kill the cult! Cult of lies! I'm ready to simplify beyond your brain! Get to this shit and come into the kill! Kill this cult! Cult of lies! I did your lies, keep them back in your toes! Drink the blood, you'll just be a fucking joke! Kill this cult! Cult of lies! so heavy it's fucking so good i don't know <laughs> i'm still i'm still up in the air on the album i've it's it's a funny oh, album you. dude i've heard <laughs> no i don't know <laughs> i don't know i mean i guess it's because i when i think of decapitated you know i just think of that old tech technical you know death metal that they used to play and uh but no it's growing on me because i listened to it a while back and i was like this is weird but then i listened to it again this week and i was like wait a minute this is pretty fucking heavy and groovy and it was it's already so start- groovy yeah it's already starting to get it you know i was starting to catch on to it a little more so i think if i listen to it again you know definitely it's this just is, different this is jump to the top this might be the best sounding album to me ever like, like production wise yes production wise like the best sounding mm-hmm. album it just the guitars are perfect the drums are perfect i don't know yeah no i mean it's really good it's just it's funny because i hear i when i i've been reading about this album and some people it's like they're praising it as just really amazing and some people are like oh it's just boring same old thing but i think it's do the grooves catch on to you or not you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i i think they're gonna i think i'm gonna give it a few more spins because i can see the potential for it because it's just fucking heavy man Jody. Heavy in those uh, grooves. Oh, dude, yeah, I, I definitely like it. I've been meaning to listen to that album. I just didn't get around to it. I don't really have that strong of an opinion with, you know, the the change that they've made. I just like what I'm hearing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like the groove and I like the heaviness. Who Do you know who produced it or no? Uh, I would have to look it up, but no, yeah. I don't know off the top of my head. Like, yeah, I, I just have, know You know what I'm saying, though? I haven't listened to their older shit enough to know, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, it's different, so I don't like yeah. that. That's, I guess, it's, I'm you know, it's fresh ears, so yeah. I mean, I have I, no I opinions. Think, I think the only one I listened to was Winds of Creation, and mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, so they're a relatively new band to me. Sure. That makes sense then. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, dude, just, again, 2017 death metal. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's insane you've got all these old bands that are putting out these amazing albums plus all this new shit that just keeps popping up it's just dude i know it's i I don't know if you said it on the last cast it's the year of death metal it's fucked up man it's really i I mean there's shit oh i got so much stuff on my list i'm just gonna shut up now though i'll save it for i know exactly same here (laughs) you know what i have another one but i think i'm gonna save it because uh stan brought three this time you know he's make he's I'm used to staying bringing zero to one, so I'm going to save my third one for the next time. Okay. Okay. All right. So before we jump into the big topic, I just want to kind of uh, mention a few of our listeners that have been reaching out because we've had a lot of people kind of reaching out, giving us suggestions and just like hitting us up and stuff with different um, things. So I just wanted to mention a couple. One that I just thought was fucking awesome was uh, a listener by uh, the first name was Chris. And, you know, he just sent us an email thanking us for the podcast says you know great podcast saying that he was listening to extreme music since high school and then said you know sadly the friend who introduced him to death metal took his life in 1999 um and then his other listening buddy kind of grew out of metal soon after and said he literally has no one to talk to about you know this music which he is still super passionate about which is kind of like what i think of you know the idea of this fucking podcast you know for anybody out there who maybe you got friends who listen to metal maybe you don't but if you don't you know you can listen to us and fucking we can talk about metal and you can fucking hit us up and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, just kind of cool that uh, he's getting something out of us since he doesn't have anybody else to talk to. You know what I mean? No, I, I completely feel. I mean, Chris, fuck yeah, man. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Um, we're glad that we can fill the little part of that void, you know, with uh, not having anybody to talk to. I'm, you know, I experienced some of the same shit, you know, moving out to Atlanta. You know, all my metal, you know, my metal friends are still back in Michigan. So... Yeah, I tell people at work, they're like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to, country? I'm like, no, I, I, I listen to, to I listen to metal, and they're like, so it's like screaming music? And I'm like, yeah, like, like, like you can't understand? I'm like, yeah, like, you don't, they just look at me like I'm an idiot. So, yeah, I mean, I think fuck we can yeah, all we're relate. here for you, know you I mean? guys. Oh, yeah. Just, we've all got each other, but it's just, it, it's, it's yeah. a dying breed, yeah. So many of us metalheads, you know, you've only had, you maybe you have a friend or two, but, you know, that's usually it. You don't usually always have that big community of it, so... Hopefully some of you guys out there get that out of the podcast. And then we've had a lot of you guys just like reaching out with giving us topic ideas. Like we've had people talk about like uh, Chris uh, Shervy, I think another dude from Australia. And he was like asking us to do, you know, an Australian themed metal, death metal or Australian metal episode, which I think would be cool one day. Oh, such a good fucking idea. Yeah. Like location based. So we, we'll probably get to that. I just wanted to kind of record or just mention you guys because we've just been haven't been busting out the episodes as quick, but that's on the list. And then uh, we got a listener from Finland, Lori Larilla. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but, you know, he said he's uh, almost 40 years old, busy family dude, and he likes listening to it because we're, you know, giving him some new stuff that he's not always checking out. And uh, he gave us a lot of recommendations, which I'm still trying to get to here soon. And all, he also, he was the one who told us to maybe do like a death metal episode about stuff that came out this year. So, again, hopefully we can get to that sometime soon. I don't know. I'd love to. It sounds fun. So thanks for hitting us up. That's the point of this. You know, we love it. Send us those recommendations because seriously, we'll, we will always check them out. You know, you guys always do it on Twitter and all that stuff. And, and we always check it out. So keep sending us that shit and uh, the topic ideas because we love it. But I think that's that time.
going to Mr. Uh, Mr. Lindbergh. The man, the myth, the legend. This guy has got to have a boring life or something because he just can't stop doing projects. The motherfucker is a social studies teacher. I know. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is he doing? I don't know a whole There's lot of no background way. on him except Swedish from Gothenburg. And now, he, yeah, he's part-time. He's a social studies teacher and then splits that up between uh, being in fucking awesome metal bands. I forget where I read, uh, read it. It was either in the Swedish death metal book or somewhere else, but I guess he's got like a huge fucking like Swedish death uh, metal like demo collection of like all cassettes. Oh, I would just love to see it. Like oh, what wow. he has is it's probably priceless. I, yeah. we talked, I talked about that in the interview. I was like, you know, about him being such a music nerd and so involved in the metal scene. I mean, he's just like a... You know, a lot of bands these days and people in bands, they don't really listen to much metal besides what they're doing. But this dude is in tune. I mean, he I've he seen was, him putting out playlists and shit. He knows what's going on in the scene. He's passionate. And he was actually, uh, from reading that book as well, he was one of the ones that he was a big reason why death metal got so big in Sweden because he was like, he was the, the head of like the tape trading and the, yeah, you know, just bringing out shit and showing people shit. So. I was going to say, how would you guys describe, I guess, to start off, like his vocal style? Because, I mean, he's got to have one of the most distinct styles in death metal. You know what I mean? Well, as you're yes. going to see, it fits with, like, a lot of different genres of music. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I mean, he's fucking consistent, too, across his, his discography. He hasn't really, I mean, his his vocal style hasn't changed much. You can nope, always he's pick got, him he out. Keeps that, yeah, he's got that really, I mean, you, you'll never not know it's him. Yep, yep. And I just, I put him up there with those other, I mean, it's cool because these days, you know, it's so hard to stand out, but you've got those Martin Van Druens and you've got people like him and, you know, obituary, uh, you know, just bands that have that really distinct vocal. And I mean, I just, he's one of those that you always know it's him. And I don't know, I was trying to think of, you know what I mean? Like, how do you describe it? It's just such a fucking hard thing because he's got that, he's not, he doesn't have that Chris Barnes low, you know, he doesn't have... He's just somewhere in between black metal and death metal, you know? It's like that fucking raspy, throat-ripping kind of scream. I yeah, guess, yeah. You yep, know what I mean? Yep, like, like he's straining clean, or something very, to get it out, but it's not, it doesn't come across that way. Mm-hmm. Very clean, so, though, and you can hear his words, and you can hear, like, the emotions in it. Right, yeah, super emotional. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like tortured, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's being strangled. That's I, I don't the know. best way to put it. He's he's <laughs> honestly being tortured. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But, yeah. He's had such an influence. I mean, a lot of metalcore vocalists kind of took a pay, you know, something from him. And, I mean, yeah, so... Oh, he's so like anyways. a godfather, man. Like, in, in you know what I'm saying? In music, I mean, he's right up there on, on the... He was huge for the melodic death metal scene. Like, and this guy's just been around so long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is a perfect segue just to, I guess, just go into that the first time we see him, right? I mean, we've got him in the band uh, Grotesque fucking back in, like... I think it's. I think it was '88. I have my notes. '88 to 1990. Yep. Stan. I mean, I've got you. You probably read about this band in the book. Have you listened to Grotesque much? Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't want to go too much into it because you can do a whole episode on. But like Stockholm had the like you know the big death metal scene. But like yeah, these guys were just halfway across the country doing their own thing and like and it was just. I don't know, Grotesque is actually amazing. Like, it's very, like, primitive sounding. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have the best recordings. They didn't never put out, like, an album or maybe they did. I don't know. But, you know, it was mostly demos and stuff like that. So this shit, we're talking, like, yeah, late 80s. It's old. But yeah, I think it, from what I found, like, what I when I was listening to for all this stuff, I found the, the album called In the Embrace of Evil, which is just a collection of, like, yeah, three yeah. different demos. Yeah. So, I mean, there was never, like, an official album. But if you can find that... 
they re re remixed it so it does have a better quality and uh but it's still primitive as fuck oh yeah it is but i actually that's like really one of the, the way it sounds see uh, that was one of the issues that i had it was i just felt like it was a little too i guess muddy at times just because of the quality but i mean i understand i mean it's only fucking 30 years old i don't know what i don't expect anything i was just saying it kind of detracted from me mm-hmm. a little bit when i was doing you know the listening yeah, I don't. I actually, I don't know, man. A grotesque is. I mean, I never. I, there wasn't a band that I, uh, you know, listened to for a long time or anything. I had listened to them before, but then I really dug in deeper when we were gonna do this episode, and uh, I don't. I I was surprised at how much I actually really like this. I mean, it's. I'm going like I said off the collection of all the demos, and I mean they're very different song to song. The the lineup on this is kind of weird too because you've got uh, Christian Wallen, otherwise known as Necrolord at this time, and. Uh, this dude's kind of cool. He's he was in the, he's gonna be in another album we talk about coming up. Um, but he also does like artwork for he like he did Emperor all the classic Emperor, Emperor albums, Dissection. He did At the Gates. Um, he's like just a famous death metal uh, artwork um, you know guy. And then he's also gonna be in another band coming up. But and then it's also got Alf Svensson from At the Gates was in this band. So it's kind of like a pre you know At the Gates band really at the same time just uh a far cry from you know what you're gonna hear when you get to at the gates but i really you like hear the a atmosphere. little bit though you hear a little yeah, here bit, and there and i guess that's what i was getting at you hear you know you you start to hear some of the parts falling together but yeah. yeah i was gonna say though like the atmosphere they create on it like i really i'm not sometimes intro tracks and all that don't always work they stop and start and you just like you don't really need that but i really like the some of the intro tracks and the keys they throw in this i mean it really adds like a creepy horror movie vibe to it i mean the first track on this thing it sounds like nightmare on elm street you know i mean they just they do it here and there there's like a few little spots where there might be like an acoustic with some keys and shit and it just adds this like really creepy vibe that that old school death metal has and it really works for me just kind of sets the tone a little bit um but yeah i mean i don't know it's just they're a cool band it's a little different than the sunlight studio stuff like entombed and all that it's different than the gothenburg stuff it's just kind of that like you said stan primitive death metal and uh if you're a fan of death metal in general you fucking i mean you got to listen to this it's it's definitely worth your time for sure mm-hmm. well i mean highlight tracks for me i guess i wrote down uh blood runs from the altar um and then the song incantation i thought those are both fucking really really good with kind of like they have the groovy parts, catchy parts with the mixed with like jumping in and out of the speed and stuff. So like some stuff to latch on to a little bit.
so then the next uh band i guess that we see you know thomas limber going to is is the most famous you know you guys are going to know him from is at the gates and uh you know we didn't really want to jump too much in you know slaughter the soul is obviously their their biggest album we we covered that in pretty big detail on an older episode where we went through the the big the gothenburg big three but you know that's just such a, such a huge part of his thing that was in 1990 you know it starts with red in the sky is ours and you know, to be honest, I didn't really spend a lot of time on the older At The Gates albums until, you know, probably this year. And I kind of became a pretty big fan of like, at least Red In The Sky Is Ours. With Fear, I wasn't as big of a fan of. But Stan, I was kind of curious, have you ever spent much time on like the older shit? Uh, I'm not, I didn't get too much. The re- I actually do like With Fear. I don't know okay. why. I just do like it. And I mean, uh, Terminal Spirit Disease, a little bit, but... Yeah. It's just one of those things. If I want to listen to At the Gates, I'm gonna always go back to Slaughter of the Soul. Like, yeah, I I checked it out I know to what, check it out, but I'm not too into their older stuff as a whole. I know what you mean. It's it is like since we were kind of we came into them later in the game. Obviously, that was the first album we heard. You know, it was uh, Slaughter of the Soul. But at this point in time, now I'm kind of like you know digging back more. I don't know, man. Like I was like Terminal Spirit Diseases. It's crazy. I, I guess I didn't know the whole history of the band for a while until, like I said, like this year I was spending more time with it and everything. And it's kind of cool to go back and listen to like the first two albums when they still had Elf in the band. Those first two albums, I mean, it was just so crazy. They're chaotic, you know, it's like riffs all over the place, you know, melody, but like kind of more. More, it's jumping. like, it's like, it's not as, I guess, as dark and as, I guess, straightforward. I don't want to say that straightforward. Yeah, that's straightforward not, is the right but, word. I mean, they, okay. that's the thing. Yeah, with Slaughter of the Soul and like Terminal Spirit Disease. You know what you're getting. Elf, yeah. After Elf left the band, they uh, they went with, Anders went with much more of like a streamlined, no frills, thrashy, you know what I'm saying? Like catchy riff song structure. Like there was a lot more structure to it. If you go back and listen to Red in the Sky and with Fear, it's just, you, know, you don't know what you're going to get. Those riffs are coming in and out. I mean... There's not much repetition. There is melody and stuff, but it's just like it's just all over the place. by the time he leaves the band you get to terminal spirit disease and slaughter the soul you know they've got this new formula of like streamlining it you know and just kind of getting more to the catchy shit but i guess i kind of wanted to touch on their last album just just a little bit before we move on which was their comeback album which we never really talked about much which was uh 
at war with reality. And I, I know fucking love Sh- the album. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Know, I know, Shadi, you got you kind of like that one quite a bit. Yeah, I fucking love the album. I thought it was. Um, I mean, listening to it, I it feels like you know it was recorded you know in '96, right after Slaughter of the Soul. I mean, it still has. I mean, there's maybe you know some. I mean, I guess at, at times it's a little bit slower, and you can mm-hmm. tell that you know Definitely they're is. they're mature as musicians. But it's still when I mean when they're going, I mean it still feels like it's like I said it it, it just came next. It didn't feel like there was that eighteen or nineteen year break or whatever. Like, you know, Head of the Hydra, uh, City of Mirrors, the instrumental track that they have on there. Um, I mean, I could just go on and on. I mean, I honestly love the album from start to fucking finish. I think it's very, very solid. And that's actually Thomas's most recent full album he recorded, isn't it? Except for the one, The Lurking Fear. Yeah, The Lurking okay, Fear. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. But no, but that's, yeah, I mean, I that's the thing is not knowing if this album got put on, I'd be like, what the fuck? That sounds exactly like At The Gates. Like, no, it would have, like, it. you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like there was that 19-year break. I guess that's the reason why... I guess it's so fucked up to me and why it's such a fascinating album because I mean that's that's crazy and for them to just pick right up where they left off at and to do it so seamlessly I I thought it was a, a bravo oh, yeah. performance so it's cool though yeah it's moodier but I really like it too I mean I think the first half is the stronger half the second half there's a few songs that it might be like a, a track too long or something but for yeah, like a fucking right. comeback it slows album it dude, down yeah yeah, I think it's great too. Stan, did you get into it much or no? I did. I liked it. Um, I just kind of had the mindset like all of them, especially Thomas. I was just kind of like, oh, but they still got it. Like that's kind of yeah. what I thought. Like I nothing special to me, but nothing, you know. Well, then they've got uh, the new album coming out supposedly in 2018. Gonna be looking forward to that. You know, it's probably it's probably gonna be quality. I can't imagine it won't be. Uh, what uh, what's going- next on this list? Let's Skitsism? see. We, uh, yeah, system. Interesting band. I mean, it's the first thing that Tom, you know, he jumps into after At the Gates. What do, what do you guys think of this one? I'm gonna be honest I thought, with you. I, thought, I didn't I even mean, get to it. He's got too much shit, and that was the one I actually skipped. So enlighten <laughs> me on what skit or skit system is. Skit system, yeah. <laughs> I, I dude, I th- it's like it's weird. There's like a you know like it's a punk mix. I just thought it was all, all over the place. I mean, it's mm-hmm. too. It's the, the band as a whole. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they knew what they wanted to do, but they just fucked around too much. I don't know. I mean, it's basically uh you know a discharge kind of worship band. You know, Swedish D beat crust punk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just basically that, but with, you know, then you throw his vocals over it and it kind of gives it more of a unique sound. It's it's not something I would ever probably go and just throw on because if I'm going to throw on something D-beat that's not, you know, Discharge or whatever, I'm probably going to go to Disphere, which we'll get to. But, uh, I mean, it's good, though. I think it's cool. I mean, it's if you like that sort of thing, then you can't go wrong with it. It's just maybe not my thing. But it's, yeah, it's, like, it's just a ton of energy, 
punky, hardcore, fast. I mean, it's Swedish lyrics, Swedish titles. So, you know, harder probably for us to get into coming in blind to it, but worth checking out if you like that DB discharge type stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll probably move on from that because that's probably the one that I, that's probably my least favorite out of all of them. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I completely agree. I just couldn't really get into it. I believe the uh, next would be the Great Deceiver. Yep, yep the Great yeah. Deceiver. That's correct. Yeah, this one was like in 2000, I guess, is when they first started. Jet Black Art was the first one he was on, I believe. Yeah, the EP. And this is where I was talking about Kristen Wallen from uh, from Grotesque. This is where he kind of comes back in. And this is kind of him and th- those two. I think it was kind of their, you know, their brainchild. And I guess the idea was like to do whatever they wanted, to experiment as much as they wanted. Kind of like a no boundaries, you know, whatever kind of a band. And I, I actually... D- I believe I bought a lot of CDs on, uh, like, a lot, like, like a hundred or something on eBay, and the Jet Black Art was actually one of them. So oh, I've really? had this, yeah, I've had this one for a lot, a long time, and I actually really like this EP. I think it's like cool. I'll be honest, it's, I didn't get to the EP. Oh really? It's like it's just I like it more comparing it to what uh, Terra Incognito. Okay. That one's weird. That one's like. They're definitely pushing boundaries. The Jet Black Art's pretty hardcore based with just like a little bit of differences, but it's still more hardcore. Did you listen to the one that came right after that, the Venom Well Designed? Um, no, I did not. Okay, so that I mean the one in between the two. I mean, I guess a Venom, a Venom well designed, and then Terra Incognito. I mean, the vibe I got from those was like, yeah, experimental, industrial, with a little bit of new metal. I That's guess I you know, thrown in metal, there. Yeah, yeah, right. Which is really weird to hear him on, you know, because it's probably his most different uh, vocal style. I guess, like if you like, like you said, like the exper- like the shit on Terra Incognito and stuff, and then and the one before that. There's parts on there where he kind of goes into corn territory. That's the fucking sound that I was hearing, and I was trying to think mm-hmm. what that sounded like. That's crazy, too, because the time is kind of, you know, that's, I mean, it lines up. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I mean, dude, I, I'm not the biggest, you know, with the, with the whole, 
I guess the, the you know that new metal industrial sound. So the stuff that didn't have that that's the thing is it's you still got Lindbergh over it. So there was always that familiarity with it. You get what I'm saying? Like the second mm-hmm. you throw his voice there, he isn't you like we were saying before. He doesn't change it that much. So I could still you know listen to it and grasp onto him. So it's still yeah. accessible to me. But I just it just isn't something that I'm gonna go and put on. Did you guys get a chance to listen to the, the most recent one? Which I think it was like 07, 08. It was the one called Life is Wasted on the Living. No, you know? I did No, I did not. Okay, because I'm really curious. Because they, they, they're such a weird fucking band. Because like like we were saying, those those other two albums, the full lengths, are more of that like new metal, mid-paced, I mean, slower-paced, you know, simplistic. And then they get to this newest album, Life is Wasted on the Living. And it's like, they take a little bit more of the like melodic, death metal almost even like swedish style riffing stan like i kind of see you kind of catching on to it a little bit because it's it's almost a 180 they, they drop all the new metal stuff almost entirely there's no more of that like talk singing it's um, it almost sounds like a whole a totally different band and i found myself actually kind of enjoying that one a lot more whereas like on the other two there was a couple of highlight tracks where i was like oh this is really fucking good like um the song Pierce um, from the one album was really fucking good. And then from Terra Incognito, the song Today. Um, both have like really good melodic, just radio sounding stuff that are kind of easy to catch on to. But, but I didn't really love the whole album. It's just not my style. I think they do it well. It's just not my style. But then the newer one is like a totally different style. So, I mean, it's cool. They're kind of just doing whatever they want. Um, but yeah, again, it's probably, again, not my favorite band that he's been in, but I can appreciate it. And I think it's cool to hear him kind of try and do different things. Mm-hmm believe next would be lock up yes sir I was just gonna say I I actually didn't get a chance to listen to to this oh, uh, grindcore did. side project. Supergroup actually. That's yeah. right. From Napalm Death. Uh, yep. Hypocrisy. Yep. Tell me I fucked yeah. up. You did fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this album. It's just a really fun grindcore album, and then you got Thomas on top of it, and it's just I mean you got the guitarist and the bassist from Napalm Death, so I think it's gonna be a good grindcore album. But then you got him. Plus on top you got of Nick. It. Nick Barker, he was in like Cradle of Filth and Demi Warger and stuff. It's just so much talent, you know, talent in the band. See, the thing for me though, I guess, is like Hate Breed Suffering, I thought was good, but I really like the album Necropolis Trans- Transparent. Did you listen to that one at all or no? 
Um, no, I did not. He is Thomas on it. Yeah, that was like the one in in 2011. It was the last one he was on. Okay. And if you liked the one before it, then I think you would probably really like this one. It's just a, it just kind of perfected, I think, in my mind, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I mean, it's it's death grind. You know, it's not revolutionary, but the fucking riffs are just hit every time. It's it's catchy without being you know. There's no really melody or there's not really grooves, but. The riffs are real strong, super clean, super tight. And then I, I guess I don't know the one that I, I'm not sure about Hate Breed Suffering, but I know Necropolis Transparent, it was produced by Andy Sneap, which if you guys know much about him, you know, he's kind of known for like that clean production. Some metal albums, you know, like he, he just, he can take some, something that's kind of chaotic and make it like pop almost mm-hmm. pop music sounding and like and that's how this album to me it sounds like a lot of grindcore it's going to sound a little bit more messy and stuff whereas like it sounds really really fucking clean and clear you can hear everything and that's kind of what i liked about it you know it's just it's an easy listen in that way yeah i mean if you like uh you know napalm death riffs terrorizer riffs and all that kind of shit and you want to hear thomas on top of it then yeah i i definitely recommend it mm-hmm. so shoddy do some uh go back and listen to that one yeah, I mean, we I'm, almost I'm going to. I almost needed more time on this and maybe even did a two-parter because, I mean, he's just got too much shit. But Yeah, we're kind of just glossing the surface here, you know? I mean, there's, just, there's so much to go into, so. And then, okay, so I guess going next, uh, in the same year as the last album, he recorded another <laughs> album with another band um, <laughs> called The Crown. That really is amazing to me, honestly. Crowned in Terror. It is. <laughs> This band from high school. Yep. Yeah, same here. I heard this album before I heard Slaughter of the Soul. Yes. Yeah, I, I might have too. I don't know. Is it either around the same time or before it? Yep, and I just actually it, just... This was one of the... I Looking back, this is probably one of the... Besides Children of Bodom, this is probably one of the first melodic death metal albums I heard besides, you know, a couple, couple bands, but... Yeah, for yeah. some reason. I don't know. I don't remember even like how... We heard this one necessarily. I think our history teacher gave us the CD. I think that's where at least he gave. Yeah, it to me. I, I remember. Um, yeah, I got it from. I think it was Hundy or something. Because uh, I remember I had right. to give it back to him or some shit. But yeah, I think you're. And right. I remember just loving it. Like this was like it was all new to me. Like I don't know. It's just one of those albums that I've been listening for so long. I just every once in a while I put it on and I just love it. It's fun. It's crazy because it's like it's melodic death metal, but kind of barely you know what i mean it's kind of like kind of in the same way that slaughter is like where it's almost like more thrashy 
mm-hmm. but yet they throw in the melodic leads and you know what I'm saying? Like there's definitely, I, it's definitely melodic death metal, but not in the like, you know, I mean, not no, I get the what first you're thing you would think of when you say melodic death metal. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I get what you're saying. A little more, a little more thrashy maybe is I guess how I would for say, sure. but it was produced by Frederick Nordstrom, you know, legendary Gothenburg producer. So mm-hmm. They're definitely going that route. But what I thought, it's interesting because he stepped into this band. I mean, they already had a few albums out. You know, this is a kind of a long-standing band. And then he comes in. I feel like this is the most well-known album of theirs. Just, I think when he came in, I would think he just elevated it. With, oh, for sure. With that. He just adds like a sense of urgency to it. It's just so, everything's at like hyper speed. And did you guys know they re-recorded this album with the original vocalist mm-hmm. who had left before this? I checked really? it out. They, I checked it out. Yeah. It's not even worth it. Just listen to the one with no. Thomas. Yeah. He come, yeah, Shot, he comes this the original vocalist like came back and then they decided to re-record it with him on it, the whole thing, instead of Thomas. That sounds like somebody was a little butthurt. <laughs> Dude. And wanted what to kind just of redo it again. Is like that? that's that's kinda yeah, that's fucking stupid. I don't I mean, I guess if like, maybe can you if you can that? bring it and you know, if you can bring it to an X level, then that's one thing. But he obviously clearly can't. So yeah, I don't. That's, I mean, he's fine. But if you if I'm a vocalist you, and I'm coming in, and someone's like, "Yeah, you want to re-record Thomas Lindbergh's vocals?" Exa- Are you kidding me? Exactly. And then like fucking B. I'm good. Why would you even waste time as a band doing that? Like, there's new content that you could be working on like i just feel like especially if it wasn't your work that was shittily recorded back in the day like it was fine like it's like there's anything wrong with the album right now exactly no dude i mean i re this is maybe my uh out of out of the whole discography you know outside of at the gates this one is in is definitely one of my favorites that he's in i think it's probably if you like slaughter the soul i think this is a probably a pretty close next step you know it's it's got the thrash of that but with enough melodic stuff to kind of latch on to. And it's just really strong songwriting. I mean, um, I wrote down Drugged Unholy as one of the awesome tracks. And uh, Death is the Hunter, another really good one. But yeah, d- highly, re- highly recommend this one. This is one of my favorites that we're talking about. On to, looks like it's, uh, well, same year, but this one's first on the list on Wikipedia. So I'm going to go with it. Um, Disfear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Misanthropic Generation and then Live the Storm. Yeah. Yep. Which I coming into it was more familiar with Live the Storm. And uh, when we did that drinking episode last time, I was really wanting to bring in actually uh, one or two tracks from that album. I just really, really like the energy. I mean, this is another one of those D beat, you know, more in the punky, hardcore punk kind of realm, fast paced kind of a band. And Dude, I don't know. Dude, just really fun to me. Mm-hmm. It's uh actually this is probably my favorite band he's in. Is it really? Yeah. I did not expect that from you. Yeah. No. Uh, I didn't really honestly get to live the storm that much because I was just like kind of stuck on the other one. Ah. Oh. But uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a, just a fun. It's just a fun genre of music, and then like you put Thomas on top of it and just makes it even better. It's one of those things. But dude, you gotta listen to Live the Storm. That one was actually produced by Kurt Ballou. And it's just like... I did listen to a couple songs, but... Okay. Yeah. Dude, the song... Like, the first song on it, Get It Off.
Dude, oh my god. And then Deadweight. I mean, they just have these really fucking strong choruses. I mean, gang vocals on half the songs, you know what I'm saying? Sing-alongs. I mean, just so much energy behind it. Yeah, dude, I totally agree. This is like, like I said, The Crown is one of them. This is this one, The Crown, and then another one we're going to get to is just such highlights. I mean, you this fear, yeah. I, I would love to see them live. I think it would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's crazy we, we, to me fucking how many projects he's actively in. It's not like these were like bands for two years and he left. Like he's literally in like, what is it? Is it five active bands? Yeah, he's definitely still in Disfear. I know like that's still an active oh, band. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's just fucked up to me, man. Oh yeah. Did you, I mean, did you like the, like Disfear at yeah, all? Yeah, I mean, it was, it's just not, I mean, something that I guess I would listen to. I mean, like I said, with Lindbergh there, I mean, you can still latch on to that. It was just a little bit too... I'm not really the you know a Swedish deep beat kind of uh, kind of guy. Yeah. So it was just. It's just I mean, it was, fun. It was it's good. Just... I agree with it was fun. It's just not something I guess I'm gonna put on. Yeah. Given the opportunity to listen to whatever I want to listen to, so. Uh, I believe it's uh, same year. He put out. Uh, he was vocalist in Night Rage. <laughs> Another high quality project that's kind of underrated. Oh yeah. yeah, we talked about him a little bit because he just put out a CD this year. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't in that band, album just... that came out though. No, no, obviously not. But... Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just a great band, and then you put Thomas on top of it, and you got gold. Like, how would you describe him, Stan? It's Swedish death metal all the way. Yeah, it's like um. But what kind of Swedish death metal? Well, like, uh, oh, I mean, like, melodic death metal, you know, Gothenburg <laughs> style. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, should, I should make that clear, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like, like straight, yeah, straight Gothenburg worship kind of, you know, I mean, but yet uh, just yeah, so quality. I mean, they're not, you listen to it and you don't really, you don't feel like they're ripping off any of those other bands. They definitely do their own thing, but it's definitely in that same vein of anything that came out of Gothenburg. I just think they kind of take all of it and then they, you know, they, they throw it into their own thing, kind of in the way that Soilwork did it. Yeah, there's just uh, so I guess that's what I would. That's I guess the best comparison. It's it's you know a soil work level of talent on like the melodic side of things, only with Thomas on vocals. It's you know mm-hmm. it has that you know that that bright melody. Um, they really they really hit you with you know the technical solos and shit. It's just they're not. How can I? What's the best way to put? I guess them. It's just fucking. They're already such a solid band musically, and then when you throw Lindbergh there on vocals, it's like fuck. It's some of my favorite shit of his that he's been on. So, I mean, you know, at the gates aside, I mean, you know, the. So, what are the albums that he played on with them? Um, it was. Um, Sweet Vengeance. Yeah, Sweet Vengeance and then uh, Descent into Chaos, I believe. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mm-hmm. think those were the only two that he was on with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like Sweet Vengeance. Uh, oh, I, I like that one a little better. Yeah, I was, I was going to say. I was going the other way for sure. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, you Descent into Chaos? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I just, See, I guess maybe not, maybe not listening to Thomas wise, but I just think the other one's a more fun album. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're both good. That's for sure. Oh yeah, they are. I I'm thought, not taking any way, anything away from Sweet Vengeance, but. I, Shotty, I, you mentioned like the solos, dude. I really latched onto that. Like, yeah, really it was, quality. Yeah. Solo. And I feel like, I don't know if maybe that's why I liked Sweet Vengeance a little bit more uh, than, you know, Descent into Chaos. Cause it was just. I felt like it sang better. They were, you know, there was mm-hmm. way more melody, I guess, there, and they were doing more with the solos. So it was like, dude, I that's all, like the like the glow of the setting sun, and then oh, okay. uh, the number two, and then ethereal, uh, both off of uh, Sweet Vengeance. Oh, 
there's just so many songs on there that have I guess those those group vocals that you can sing along to, and then they just bust out that guitar solo that's just like, fuck yeah. It was just a real fun listen, real high-energy music. And then they also throw in, like, the cleans here and there, well, which yeah, I didn't really expect, yeah, which I, is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I guess I wasn't the biggest fan of those, but I didn't mm. mind. You would, Like, they didn't... They weren't horrible. They just... I guess I wasn't expecting it, and then when it came out, yeah, I just got inflamed cringes a little bit. But, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I actually liked the cleans. There was one song in there that's like a ballad, and it was uh, Circle of Pain, and it really took me by surprise because it's like half cleans, and then I think it jumps into that and back into the heavy stuff with Thomas and stuff. But because whoever does the cleans isn't Thomas, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it grew on me. I really kind of liked the cleans, I thought it worked pretty well. So, if you kind of like that more melodic, you know, catchy, poppier type of stuff, I think this is probably the one band that you might want to check out for sure. All right, what's, what's next, boys? We have um oh we have the the the, the recent the most recent project next uh, yeah the, we got the album that came out this summer uh yeah. the lurking fear which is like I said the one that um the album out oh, of the ahead. voiceless grave yeah out of the voiceless grave it's it's got uh, a bunch of familiar names in it it's got Frederick Wallenberg who played in Skit System like we talked about earlier it's got Andrews Axelson on bass who's from Disfear and then it's got the At the Gates and the Haunted Drummer um, and then another dude who I'm not sure God Macabre I'm not Andrew, sure Andreas Axelson yeah that yeah that, yeah it's uh the that's the second guitarist from uh or the main guitarist from Edge of Sanity oh Andrews oh Axelson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. God, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, dude. I it's knew like that, a super and I didn't write that down. Of. Oh, yeah. yeah th- totally this is another different. super group that he's in. Yeah, for sure. Just totally different. I mean, I guess oh, if I was going yeah, to compare yeah. to anything else, it's going to be mostly compared to like grotesque and that like 90s old school death metal. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I would agree with that. I mean, I just, I'm just saying as far as anything else he's done, that's the closest to it. I mean, I'm not saying it sounds like grotesque because it's its own, okay, definitely okay. totally yeah, its yeah, own yeah, thing. Okay. Dan, what did you think about this band? I actually didn't get to it. Oh, yeah, dude, I know. You got to, you got to. Well, now I'm looking at like, I'm just like, I was <laughs> so much other shit. Now like, I need to like listen to this. <laughs> there, there, there were fucking some people saying that like, it was a letdown because of, you know, I guess that the caliber of people that were involved with it they're just kind of flatlined but i don't know what they were listening to so i mean it fucking i mean maybe there was like one song i didn't like that was a little slower but i mean it was fucking i thought it was a solid album from start to finish dude for sure yeah, i don't know what the fuck they're talking eight out of about. a ten album you know what i'm saying it's yeah it's not pushing boundaries no, exactly yeah yeah but it's taking like that 90s death 80s 90s death metal but it's like making it a little more catchy and just kind of I mean, I guess taking the best parts of it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's not, it's, they're not, they don't come off like they're just a throwback band. I mean, they, they take that shit and they kind of modernize it a little bit. And like we said on everything else, you throw on Thomas and he kind of goes a little deeper. I think his voice has gotten a little deeper over time. And I, I love it. I mean, I, I mean, I think every song on here is great. But I mean, in most of the songs, there's always at least one to two catchy moments that you're not going to, you know what I mean? You're either going to headbang to, or you're going to, you're going to hum along to later, you know? So it's, I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's atmospheric. They have like in, uh, in the first song in the infernal dread, dude, you get to the second half of that song. I mean, you get these catchy riffs and then it goes into this really atmospheric part where there's like just bells and weird effects and shit goes back into heavy riffs. I mean, it starts off so strong. It just goes throughout the whole thing. I mean, it's just great. I think, I feel like we should play just like one track so Stan could hear it. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe just, uh, just do Infernal Dread. Just like go to like probably around two, two minutes or so. It's like halfway through. Oh, baby. 
fucking bells. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> That's classic Swedish metal right there. Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, yeah. I, I was already digging it. But he definitely is like lower. <laughs> yeah. But I feel I, like I know he, he said his voice has gotten lower, but it seems like he maybe he even went a little lower on this. Yeah. And you can you can tell on the last At The Gates album, it's a little, you know lower but that's yep. like that's pretty pretty heavy oh it is dude I th- like i said if you like i mean the stuff you've been bringing in this year a lot of that older death metal sounding stuff i mean yeah if you like anything like what stan's brought in or i mean it's just just quality i mean don't expect like progressive stuff necessarily in it just expect people who came from that era that want to do shit like that without being throwback you know i mean you can't really call it throwback when those fucking dudes half of them started that shit anyways yeah you know so yeah i mean i know again Another one of those that's just I I I've been spitting so much. I mean, it's just a fun listen, dude. I love blaring that one. I don't know, man. Anything he puts his name on, I mean, I'm definitely gonna check out. Yeah, oh, it's, sure. he's just a fucking quality musician. I mean, he fucking the anything he touches seems to either be a, you know of high quality or a fucking of amazing quality. He he doesn't really ever produce or do anything that's shitty. So. And everything we talked about, I mean, like, there's certain albums that I'm not going to go back to as much, like maybe Skits. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. Deceiver. I might not revisit as much. But, dude, if you make a playlist with all this stuff and you put the highlights from even those albums and you put it all together, I mean, you've got a quality playlist. The guy knows how to, you know, pick good bands and start good bands and, and whatever. So, like I said, it was just kind of a cool way to look at some different Swedish bands that, you know, he was in that, uh, I mean, since they're all quality, I thought, you know, it's just kind of a cool way to check out some different bands mm-hmm. instead of doing like a full band discography discussion, kind of focus on one dude and check out the stuff he's been in. Yeah. I mean, be sure to stick around for uh, the interview that Jason has with uh, Thomas. Uh, that's um, sure to be a treat. Yeah. He, he's a, he was a fucking, I mean, he's a gentleman. He, he was just a really, really nice guy to talk to and, and, uh, you know, look forward to the uh, new At The Gates album that will be coming Dude, out. Dude, that's fucking what I cannot wait for. You got to be kidding me already. I know. We had to wait I 19 know, years or whatever, and then fucking now we only got to wait two? Like, that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think that wraps it, up, wraps it up, though. And uh, please hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Twitter, what you, Facebook. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Shout out to us, and we love hearing from you guys. Um, this love is another hearing. episode of uh, Into the Combine. I am your host, Venom. Sidewinder. And I'm Diamondback. And you guys fucking do what you're doing. Have fun while you're doing it, but make sure you stay metal. <laughs> <laughs>
you uh, you are a man who needs no introduction. Obviously, you've been in a ton of different bands, projects. You know, you've done many different subgenres of metal at this point. So I guess with this new project, the Lurking Fear uh, that you're involved with, why did what what made you want to go with more of a old school, straightforward death metal uh, sounding band? Uh, well, there was. Um... I mean, we started talking about it, basically. There's been talk about different bands <laughs> involving these five guys before, uh, just putting them all into one concept. And we tried to figure out what were like the reference points, the mutual reference points that we all, at this specific time, wanted to uh, bring to the table. And we uh, just really wanted to try to create something new and exciting, but using like a... The, the formula of the true essence of death metal, but without being an old school band. And that that challenge actually spoke to us. It's easy to go do an old school band and just go for the routine, you know, use the same kind of pedals as the mm-hmm. old bands, the same studio equipment, uh, basic songwriting, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we wanted to do something that still sounded fresh and exciting, but still had the exact same essence. So, uh, which is kind of tricky, actually. So that's that was the challenge, that, and we needed like an, a challenge to to uh, to bring this together. So how how do you approach doing that then? Because that is a great point to play this style of music, but without retreading the past or just being a throwback band, which it's definitely not. Yeah, that's 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 uh, the fine line all the time, you know. And uh, uh, I guess we came to the conclusion that every band is like a how can you say like a sum of its influences. And, you know, every band has influences, even the most original bands out there have influences. It's just like how you combine these influences. That's what makes a band interesting. And if we would limit ourselves to just, you know, some of the more what you can classic death metal bands, how can we combine that, but still make it interesting? So we really had to figure out like what are, what, what is the essence of, for example, a band like Autopsy, which, which kind of, Feel like emotional aspects of autopsy. What do we want to bring into our sound, and how can we combine them with other stuff to make it sound interesting and not like an autopsy ripoff? Stuff like that. You know, those mm. kind of discussions. We are music nerds, and we just love these kind of discussions. So it's, it was very uh, inspiring and creative to to have these talks, and that's like the start of the band right there. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, that's one thing that I uh, I always thought was really cool about you. You know, you can tell you're a music nerd. You know. And uh, it's really cool. You seem like you still are very involved with metal, um, new bands, and you're always involved with new projects. I guess, why, how are you able to stay that way? You know, you don't seem jaded, you know, uh, with the industry and all that. Why is that? I don't know. I'm just, I guess, I guess a nerd is a nerd, you know, I kind of just kind of <laughs> to figure out why. Um, it still excites me. I mean, uh, there's still something about music that always speaks to me, of course, sometimes, you get into different like mo- uh, moods where you only want to listen to something completely different for for a week or something like that. You know, like you, you have your Tom Waits week, for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> could happen. You know, uh, but you you always come back to the to the extreme music, you know, uh, because it's something in there that's like it's it's my music. You know, it's like something that I was almost there like when it started to to come together like back in the late eighties. So it was my first music that I discovered on my own, stuff like that. So it's very close to my heart. And it's very hard to, um, to, if you take away that from me, you take away a part of myself, I guess, you know. 
Yeah, right, right. Well, because I was thinking about it uh, a little bit earlier on today. And, you know, a lot of bands, when I'm interviewing them, you know, they might actually, they say they don't listen to much metal outside of their band, you know. And, and you know, sometimes it comes off as maybe that's more of a career move, you know, being in a band. Um, so I, I guess, do you think because of the fact that, you know, you have another job, it's not something that you depend on. Is it something that you can just keep as more of a passion thing? You know, you don't have to do it. Exactly. I mean, that's, I think that might be some kind of part to it too, you know, that as soon as it starts being more of a career, then I guess you subconsciously might start to forget what got you into it at the first place to keep the passion alive, to keep the interest alive. Maybe you have to have it like a, a hobby, but like a hobby that is almost all consuming, but still a hobby, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think some bands are able to do it where it's their career, but they are able to stay passionate and keep doing what they want to do. But some, you can just tell that, you know, time for another album to come out. Let's release it. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, I mean, now we're talking, you know, all my projects have been in the underground scene, more, more more or less. So it's kind of like we're not talking big million dollar careers here anyway. So uh, mm-hmm. Maybe for a bit bigger level bands that got to get get into this mode that you're talking about, but I can definitely understand what you're saying. But it's never gonna, it's never been a problem for me. It's never gonna be a problem because I'm, you know, like as I said, I'm a music fan more than I'm a musician. I guess you know, I'm just right. very happy to be here and to be able to to do what I want to do, you know. And and the people actually listen to it is amazing, you know. And people buy the records, come to the shows. It's you know, it's uh, I'm very thankful for that to be able to kind of live my hobby in a way yeah well like i said that's what makes me check out you know whatever project you have coming out but um so um our full episode without besides this interview here we're me and my co-host for our podcast we are going to be doing a spotlight we're just going to go through kind of all the projects you've done since you know they're all quality uh well in our eyes you know we're fans of everything you've done and kind of going to go through it so Touching on some of that, which project that you've been involved with was the most challenging to kind of step into or maybe to write vocals over or something along those lines? Well, uh, everything has been a challenge in some way. Otherwise, I'm not interested, really. It has to be it has to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, of course, I always come back to the, the comeback record without the gates because that was like there was uh, some outside pressure for the first time. We never really had that before. Uh, expectations of sorts and stuff like that so it was this challenge to get that out of my head to just write something that I believed in that was important for me and that was intriguing enough for me to to uh, get as excited about so that was that was a challenge to step out of the or I'm actually more to step into the bubble mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah and forget about other people so that was something um I always, when you join uh, a band that has been existing for a while, uh, like with Disfear, for example, uh, of course, it was, uh, it's always a challenge to try to find the nerve. What, what, you know, what, what, what is the essence of this? You know, how can I start contributing without like straying away too much from the, what is the sound of the band or what is like the idea of the band, stuff like that. So that's always been challenging, I guess. Yeah. Otherwise I, I always throw my, myself for projects, uh, you know, with joy, you know, if, if, the, if there is a small, some kind of challenge as with the lurking fear, for example, there was like, I, we needed the challenge to, to get fired up. It was too easy, you know, to figure out like, let's just do this. Then there wouldn't be a challenge. Then it wouldn't be fun, you know? Yeah, sure. For sure. So can you think of a time or a song or something like that where um, 
you kind of had to push yourself outside of your comfort zone or you tried something different or, um, you know, progressed a, a bit? Well, I guess, you know, there's, there's different times in my career that I've done different things. I guess like the, there's some parts of uh, the Great Deceivers career, where, like the, that's the, one of the bands that the least people understood <laughs> that I've okay. been involved with. Uh, there's some parts there where there's like more like normal vocals, stuff like that, that kind of I had to uh, push myself a little bit out of the comfort zone for that, I guess, you know. Uh, but it was also like uh, the whole idea of that band was to have no limits. So that was part of that idea. So that was the challenge itself. So, of course, that drove us on, you know, see how far we could push it. So but uh, that was definitely uh, a little bit of a a mind fucker sort of thing <laughs> yeah sure sure yeah uh, what about in the future i gotta think you're not going to stop anytime soon with these projects and things like that is there any subgenres that you'd like to form a band around you know you haven't i don't think you've done anything involved with black metal yet i could see that being pretty badass or anything else you want to touch on well i mean uh, there's always this thing these different ideas floating around uh, with friends you know that we have to do that have to do this um me and Christian from uh, Grotesque have been talking about doing something for quite a while, and that that would be something along more of the grimmer <laughs> side, mm-hmm. I guess. And that could be interesting to to see how that works, because you also have to step out of your comfort zone a little bit, get in that kind of mindset to do that uh, in in a real way to make it sound uh, trustworthy, so to say. So that's something, yeah, definitely. That's a good point. Yeah, you'd have to put yourself into that that type of uh mentality to really be honest about yeah if you're gonna do a black metal or that kind of a grim band you're right that's a different kind of thing altogether yeah and you have to step away from some of the stuff you learned along the way doing other styles you know you have to almost forget what you've been taught yeah well if that ever happens i will be paying attention very quickly because it just seems like the perfect combo (laughs) okay cool man yeah well um what about with these projects that you're involved with? How much of a musical contribution do you make? Are you mainly more on the lyrics and writing the vocal patterns, or do you get involved with the songwriting process? Uh, it's different from band to band, but uh, both in the Lurking Fear uh, and at the Gates, uh, the last couple of records at the Gates, uh, War with Reality, and, and the new one that is coming out next year. Uh, I've been super involved in the arrangement parts and like the songwriting process. I don't really come up with actual riffs, but uh, uh, I work on the songs together with the string people, you know, uh, very, very determined uh, <laughs> about uh, which direction to take stuff in and uh, how arrangements should go. I guess that's one of my strengths, uh, song arrangements. Okay, yeah. That, yeah, I, could, I, was, I was kind of wondering, since you do seem so musically involved with, with so many different ideas, I had a feeling you had to have some part in a lot of these bands. Uh, more, more the arranging part than the actual, you know, writing part. Sure. I've always been very fortunate to work with people that have been very talented. So I never, there was been, never been a shortage of musical ideas. So when you, you know, with this new album, you guys are writing and everything that I know you guys had talked about coming out next year. I, I was curious. I remember when you guys first, uh, you know, reading about when you guys first disbanded. It was when Anders had kind of left the band. You guys figured you didn't really want to go on without him. And then when he decided to or propose the idea for you guys to start the band back up, you guys did and everything. So why did you guys decide to can, to carry on this time um, instead instead of disbanding again? I guess. Uh, when Anders left the band first time, we were uh, in our early 20s, you know, and uh, basically with all the experience we uh, have now, with everything we've been through, uh, it was a well thought out decision to continue, basically, because uh, 
we are very confident in uh, to putting out something uh, that is uh, will, will have to be uh, the best at the gates album ever you know they are very determined on that part you know and uh, basically jonas has always been involved in the songwriting to, to a certain extent uh he stepped up more on slaughter of the soul and world of reality he probably wrote 40 percent of those two albums mm-hmm. so we when we started the process of this one we definitely felt like okay it's um this is going to be Jonas's record, uh, so maybe we'll just have to give it more time so we can produce songs enough to fill an album instead of, you know, just 40% of an album. But so far, it's been working out so good between me and him. We really gelled in the arrangement parts and uh, everything. So we have already almost everything we need, but just what we'll continue writing anyways, you know, because we are very uh, in a creative process right now. So it's been working out really good and him stepping up in that way and taking control of things have really inspired the rest of us as well. So uh, I guess it's just one of those things that happens, you know, you, you feel like we're on a roll. Why stop now kind of thing? Yeah, well, I'm glad. I mean, I'm very happy you guys didn't make that decision. What do you think that the pressure is higher in this situation since you lost a member? People are looking at that. Or with the last album, since you guys had been gone so long and coming back into the mix? I think the worst uh, pressure was for the last album, actually. I think the, that pressure is kind of uh, behind us now. And, of course, losing uh, a key member, of course, uh, will affect the band at some point. you know. But we are so uh, experienced, as I said, now. So we know what it, what, com- what, have, what what will have to come into a new at the circuit we know that already and we are we knew that we we are we are capable to uh to produce that you know we, we knew that we had that in us of course people will listen for, to it and try to see what you know how the sound has changed i mean mm-hmm. but if you look back to like classic bands when a key member goes away you know like ossie leaving sabbath you know dio stepping up stuff like mm-hmm. that you know yeah, the band changes, but like there's still something, there's, there's still a core there, you know, and I I like bands that go for different periods. And at the Gates has never been a band about that, that's been about standing still and, you know, enjoying the same kind of music the whole time. We've been evolving the, throughout our whole career. If you compare the first record to Sword of the Soul, it's like two different worlds. And we lost a key member already when we lost Alf. Uh, back in the day so we've been through this before and we know how to go for that basically yeah i agree it, it's something that can freshen up a band at times just it's, it's you never know what, what can happen so we'll be looking yeah. forward to that one do i mean with with your guys's legacy and everything are you guys able to bring in another guitarist to involve in a writing process or are you guys just gonna kind of want to retain what you've got going and do it on your own and have like a touring guitarist uh well um I will have to say that there's news coming up upon uh, on that subject uh, in uh, in a month or so or two months maybe. We we know what's going on and we're we're very happy with it. But uh, I think uh, the record label wants us to to hold a little bit on that. Sure, you know? sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the things have cleared up. We we know what's going on, uh, and I will get it back to you on that. Okay, right, right, right. Well, that's awesome. That, that sounds like good news. The political answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um, all right. Well, um, one more question I had about at the gates was um, back when you guys took a break and all that. I know you guys at that time the legacy wasn't formed yet. When did you realize that there was something bigger than you ever realized, and you kind of were leaving a legacy? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of um, hard to pick one point. I mean, it's like coming back. Uh, like the, the 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 gap in between was not like we didn't really. Have, understand it then i guess it was coming back in 2008 that you know the reception was beyond what we 
what we expected. And that's also why we decided to continue beyond 2008, you know, because we felt that a lot of people had missed it. We want to do more because uh, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we are, we are people with feet, both feet on the ground, very grounded, very uh, humble, I guess, you know, when it comes to ourselves. So we didn't see that coming at all, that it was going to be that big. So the 2008 uh, tour was definitely an eye opener for us. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. And uh, well, we're glad, uh, you know, we're looking forward to that album. And I'm really enjoying this Lurking Fear album that's out right now. So we'll definitely be playing some of that on the episode and pushing that one. Cool, thanks. And, th- you know, thanks for doing the interview and everything. It's been, um, you know, we've always wanted to talk to you. So this is a great timing. Cool, man. We'll probably talk to you again in, uh, in about half a year or something. <laughs>